0: Today, we're going to chat a little bit. We're going to chat mostly about the Italian League playoffs. Uh, we're going to touch also a little bit on the French League because, um, I mean, we can, we'll just jump over to our other view here, just where we, we've got some s- stats going on right here. So, a uh, quick tune in from the French League Montpellier 3 nothing over Toccoing. Toccoing at the beginning of the season was in first place at the LNV, but Montpellier has been absolutely on fire. Um, you can just see, uh, Dan, I'm not like, uh, you obviously don't have the the stats up in front of you, but uh, I, I have it open. It's oh, fine. Okay, even better. Well, only one of Tulkin's players were able was able to hit double digit points. Whereas if you go down to to Montpellier's, you've got four of them. Uh, Ryan Slater leading the way with twelve. And Danny Demianenko had ten there. Seven for seven and three blocks for Demianenko. He 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 picks up the, picks up the MVP in this one. And Montpellier is rolling.
1: Yeah, Montpellier. I mean. We talked. We just talked to talking about them in the context of the Challenge Cup, and I think they're. I think the fact that they've kind of maintained the number one spot, like maybe if they hit it like partway through the season, but the fact that they've actually been able to maintain it is really impressive. It goes to show, like there's potential for a non-Paris, non tours team to to dominate the French league, and I think this credit to the GM of this team and the manager because I, I think this squad works really
0: well together. Yeah, I, I absolutely do. Absolutely, do too. Like even though Slaters they're, they're a guy leading the way. When you look at some of the statistical leader in, in the categories in, Fran- in France, he's not at the top, and that's really a testament to how even this team is. Like both uh, Palacios and Mendez, the two Argentinian left, left sides that they have, they're they're smaller in stature. Like it's a very small team overall in stature. Like, there's really only one physical guy on their team, and that's Nicolas Le Guff, right? As as you've talked about it before, Danny, Danny Demianenko is probably the shortest of the like. Of the short middles in the world, he might be the most effective. Um, yes. Right? Well,
1: I mean, he's just shorter than than a lot of the other, like any professional middle, really. Right. Other than a couple of Japanese guys.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But and that's what I'm saying. I was like, of like of middles who are like six six and under, he's the top of them. But he's still yeah, for he's, sure. he's still a, a small a small player. But the way that this team, they're very calm. The way that they move on the court, everyone does their job very well, and everyone has a has a role. On the on the court at all times and and they just work very very well together they're a lot of fun to watch and having watched more and increasingly more and more of the french league um this year because everything's free which is fantastic if you're watching the french league this year like you're, you're missing out um they just they just steamroll teams right like playing again today this this match if if you look at at the results uh t- or 21 24 and, and 19 so not like a steamroll and not a they didn't demolish them but this is a a top 5 team that they just took down easily 3 nothing.
1: Turquan's pretty good with uh Agustin Mateus Mateus Sanchez, uh, Luciano Polanski. Um who, who they brought an Arpad Barotti for the as the new opposite as well, right? So I, I don't know, looking at these top teams like in France, like you're saying the games are free, <laughs> these top teams are pretty good. How's the production in France? Some good uh Four or five cameras, some no, HD replays. Not, no, no, no.
0: replays. Um, the production in France is actually is 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 pretty low. Um, I think it's it's not like Italian league standards for sure. Um, mm-hmm. No, no replays most of the time. Uh, and generally, like I was watching the actually the Tourquing and Montpellier match that that I this match that I was tuning into, it was either baseline or side view, and they would only. They only show baseline for guys, like guys. We,
1: we made it. We made between. it. Uh, what? Seven minutes into the podcast without bringing up.
0: Uh, <laughs> bringing but it's up just the frustrating. Game. Like when you're watching a game and they show. They only show the baseline view, like in between points. Like like, huh, what well, kind of? We know this is what you want, but we're just gonna. Yeah. It, you know. Oh, I know.
1: No, the worst is in Italy when they when they start baseline and it's gearing up towards the point, and then the they toss the ball. Boom. Switch. I'm like. Um, yeah. But I wanted to talk a little bit. You made a point about Montpellier being an undersized team, which is really funny because uh, their opponents, uh, Dynamo Moscow, in the ch- CV Challenge Cup might be, uh, or sorry, the CV Cup might be a, the biggest team in volleyball <laughs> with uh, Ilya Vlasov and Lik- like Lykoshistov. I think both like over seven feet tall, which is both like two two fifteen centimeters. If you're uh, if you're using the, the metric system
0: yeah it's uh honestly that's going to be a gnarly matchup and sam DeRue is like a 6 10 9 outside hitter.
1: yeah sped and yeah it, it's
0: it's going to be a bit of a gnarly matchup and that's where i think see it's tough to to say because i think on the on the top end that like german teams for example are a little bit more physical than french teams but I think that the ball control and the skill level in the French League is higher than, than, than in the German League. But I think that's why we see shorter players, uh, let's say, um, in, in France. I think also one thing to note about France compared to Germany, I don't know why I brought up this comparison, but I'm running with it, um, is the fact that I think there's more top-end German players who stay and play in the Bundesliga than top-end French players who stay and play in the LNV. Like if you think about it, Le Guff is really one of the only few guys who's staying and playing in the LMV right now. Like Lignel, Rassat. Oh, we have
1: Daryl Daryl who's, I mean, he's not a top-end French guy, but he's been on the national team for the last uh, five six years. I mean, I
0: think yeah, but like, is has he been in any like big matches for you know? Is, is, yeah. And
1: we saw we saw Boyer play for a while for Chaumont, jean petri Anyway, I'm I'm yeah. <laughs> splitting hairs here. You are you are pretty much right for the most part, but uh. But yeah, I, I would say French versus Germany is a comparison. I think I think it's natural to kind of compare, like because because they, they're both kind of in the same lane. They both are really popular for North American players um, because they don't have foreigner limits. Um, and I think this year the French league is easily better than the German league, uh, in my opinion. I mean, the German league really has two two teams, the same ones, Berlin and Friedrichshafen. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like the French the French league you can find pretty strong uh, teams like. Almost throughout the entire playoff picture, and I think they really benefited this year from the exodus of all the Brazilian and uh, Argentinian players coming up from South America because their clubs got budgets cut like way harder than anywhere else. Um, yeah, I think the French league is like this is one of the, been my one of my favorite uh, years to follow it
0: yeah there's been there's been so much parody in the French league and 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 it's, it's been a lot of fun to watch um but it's going to be very, what what day is that is the first leg of the uh, cev cup going down is that next wednesday
1: we have it uh tuesday to thursday so we have champions league CEV cup challenge cup both genders tuesday to thursday next week so strap yourselves in
0: that's going to be that's going to be a lot too and of course of course the cev cup matches won't be streamed live on youtube will they you'll have to, they'll have, to mm-hmm. have a subscription for that
1: yeah we have we have a couple
0: Really? Okay, might have to check. Might have to check that out because the CEV Cup is going to be is is gonna it's only
1: one great. one Champions League match. Um, I believe per gender or per, per gender or per day for YouTube. But CEV there will be a cup on CEV Cup as well. All right, cool. But again, I I had to sell it. But like five euros buy buy your five euro subscription right now, and you can watch the entire playoffs.
0: Oh, that's what it so, is. So it, it's only five. Yeah, euros? it's, a, it's
1: monthly. Mm. Five euros, five euros per month.
0: All right. Well let's uh we should we should see if the CV yeah we should Not see bad. if the CV wants to buy, buy any advertising on volleyball source we will promote your uh, promote uh, your old volley tv but uh but yeah one one other thing to talk about in the french league is there's it's it just started um Chaumont against against nice and the only reason i'm bringing up Chaumont is that they had a golden opportunity on a wednesday to make it like 8 in a row and really, like, if they had won that game, they would have jumped all the way to third. Game. Eight in
1: a row. That's pretty. Yeah. That's pretty Dude, legit. they were
0: under 500 before that match. And they were playing Paris, Damn. who, who is, is, is further in the, they were, they were over 500, and they were trucking. They lost the first, won the second, and were trucking in the third. They were, like, I even posted, I even posted it in the chat, and I was just like, and I stopped watching the game because it was like 17 to 6 for Montpellier in, in the third. And then Paris came back and won that game 3-1 overall. And I don't I I haven't really watched it and I, I didn't didn't really see, but Chaumont was just like on a train to be like, hey, we are going to be, you know, the the one of the top teams and you can't forget about us. They're gonna jump all the way to third. And because of it, they're they're not there anymore.
1: And I, I love Chaumont because they I mean they developed and then lost um Martina Tanisov, who's huge for them. And now they're bringing in like a bunch of new prospects who are panning out pretty well from, you know, how, you probably have a better idea, but how are those Cuban guys doing on a on
0: well? That's know, th- that's a
1: thing, and they is lost it? Yant as well, right, from last year. Yeah,
0: they lost Yant from last year, but they have, but they picked up Herrera, who's who's that right side, and that's that's the reason that Lopez was playing on the the right side for um for Cuba over the past uh, little bit because Herrera has been injured. But dude, is he's he's leading the like he's leading the the league in in a bunch of statistical categories, and he's been okay, maybe not leading. Yeah, he's second in scoring he's averaging 5.6 5. uh, uh, 5.36 points per game he's first in aces he's averaging 1.05 aces per set the next closest person is kegliari at Icombre, who's, who's averaging 0.57 so he's averaging Wait, how many aces per set over he's averaging over an ace per set
1: 1.05 guys yeah, for very- to put that into context, Namir Abdelaziz is averaging zero point two aces per set, which I'm pretty sure is either number one or number two all time in Italy.
0: Well, so right now, yeah, so right now, like they can see the stats on if they're if they're watching on on uh, on Twitch or on, on YouTube afterwards, they can see the stats on this on the screen, and Cagliari is in second with a 0.57.
1: Which is like a still good, yeah. Good, uh, <laughs> so he's he's
0: averaging almost one point. Like wow. Yeah. So he is. So he's he,
1: probably he's probably gone to Italy next year.
0: I mean, we'll see. Okay. He's 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 still small, right? He's he's the best server. He's got fifty nine aces, and he's he he was injured earlier in the season two and hasn't hasn't played a lot. So that's why like like, Somon is is a gnarly team. Also, big thing to see down here is uh, Stephen Marshall in third in passing <laughs> with a. Ah, uh, positive receptions, whatever that means. He's passing it at sixty-three percent.
1: Well, I would hope so because that's what you're paying him for, yeah. <laughs> for the most part.
0: So, man, I, 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 uh, I'm interested. I'd be interested to talk uh, to Marshall about what it is like playing with those with those guys because I'm sure that's an interesting team to play on. That's also you a team- get him on
1: the uh, that volleyball guy podcast. I, I, th-
0: I think we, I think we might have to. I think I'm actually talking to China Joseph on Monday.
1: Oh, so that actually happened.
0: Yeah. No, I literally like it. Literally... You guys
1: don't know Everett texted her live on Twitch yeah. the other day,
0: and then she messaged me back, and she's like, "Yeah, I think I can do Monday or Tuesday." And I was like, "Yo, let's do let's do Monday." I'm
1: actually I'm actually really looking forward to that because I have no idea. <laughs> I feel like a lot of us have not been catching up with her recently.
0: Yeah, no. So and me too. Like me and China go. She like she's an Ottawa girl. Um, I don't know if I don't know if I told you this before, but I the first game that I ever coached like when I was sixteen was her first ever volleyball game so we're we're, we're for china and i are forever linked with that so I'm, I'm stoked to talk to her but uh but yeah that's our little french league update going on here on the men's side we'll we'll check in there was supposed to be a, a canadian oh pick.
1: they have romey alonzo as well wow yeah so they another, another great uh and, and guy you probably saw a lot of in the norseka stuff
0: yeah and mel and mel garejo the other the other or yeah. the yeah. other the other uh
1: okay, So this is overall what I love about the French League because you can go to any roster and it just has all these like fun players you probably recognize that are like good players on maybe like B, C tier national teams, guys who've had like really good club careers but maybe not in like Italy or Poland Mm -hmm. and just kind of like, I don't know, interesting players um, that maybe fall through the cracks because of the foreigner limits in Poland and, and Russia and Italy.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, there's it's not uncommon to like go to a team and you'll see that there's only a handful of French guys on the team and it's just filled with, with with other players all over the place, but the the French league has been has been a lot of fun to watch this year and I think especially down down the uh down the road here as we get closer to the playoffs, it's just going to get spicier and spicier.
1: Well, it'll be interesting to see if the investment in volleyball ramps up as we head towards uh, Paris 2024. But uh
0: yeah. That's a, that's a good point. All so, right. Well let's let's jump into to to the Italian League stuff because that's really what we're here to talk about. Um we have come down with the regular season is done. It's now time for the Italian League, the Super League of Playoffs. They kick off on Sunday. Let's actually before we let's jump over over to that. Okay, this is the quarterfinal black bracket for starting with the quarterfinals as you'll you'll see here it says Perugia w- plays the winner of of these games. So essentially and correct me if I'm wrong. The top six teams got a uh, buy right into the quarter, and then the no, that it's, it says top five here. I guess. Oh, yeah,
1: it's a bit of a weird. Uh, it's a bit of a weird one this year, isn't it, Everett?
0: Yeah, it is. Um,
1: so it's the top five go through, and then uh, the last three spots are kind of a play-in tournament, okay. which I'm not opposed to. It's more volleyball. But for me, it's almost like it's, it was kind of a weird regular season because it almost didn't matter, right? Because all the all these teams basically get through. Plus, there's no relegation, so yeah. I'm glad we were able to play so much volleyball. But at the same time, I, I like when the regular season in a sport like means a little, a little something.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So basically, as as I was trying to explain, the five top teams in in the regular season. Got put into the quarterfinals, and the bottoms, the next six teams, um, would be playing off for the last three spots. So, those those bottom six teams are, um, Milan, uh, Milan, Verona, Modena, Ravenna, Piacenza, and Padova, and then Cisterna or Latina, whatever you want to call them. Uh, top volley, they are out. So, Arthur Schwartz, Kevin Tilly, uh, Tobias.
1: Good team. I'd rather see them than Padova personally.
0: Straight up though, but they just couldn't get it get it together. I mean, not having Julio Sabi and not having a legitimate right side for that long was was a it, uh, it was a huge downfall for them really in, in a lot of ways.
1: So I forget, was was Julio Sabi originally signed to the team or were they really like start planning to play Samuel on, on Wello as the starter from I, the
0: from the beginning? I think he's he's been there from the beginning, but he was injured. okay. Yeah. From what I remember, he was injured or he, yeah, I don't think it was coronavirus. I think he was just straight up injured and, uh, and yeah, just, just, just wasn't around. He may have actually played some matches at the, of the season. Like, I don't, I don't really feel like, like checking it, but, uh, but yeah, I don't, I think maybe they were hoping that, uh, I can't pronounce his name is, was, was going to be there, but you know, he wasn't really able to to pick it up.
1: Yeah, and this I mean, if we see this happen a couple times in the Italian league. It really reminds me of it was one or one or two years ago where uh, Siena had like a pretty good team with like Yugi Ishikawa, Fernando Hernandez, Maruf. And, and they were like even worse than Sisterna was this year, losing like every match and well, getting relegated. Was, wasn't so. it the
0: same coach? Was it the same coach? I think that's what Tommy and and, and Monty were saying oh. on on the
1: Oh man, if there's a common thread between those two teams, he should never be allowed to coach again because yeah. there's like two of the biggest choke jobs I've seen in like any sport. Um yeah. I think that Siena team was better than the Sisterna team though. But man, Tobias Creek, um yeah, Arthur Schwartz, uh, Kevin,
0: Kevin Tilly, Tilly. like Rendazo turned out to be to be pretty good.
1: So like, some good news. Oh by the way, if you guys if you're watching this through Twitch, um which we're also doing by the way Tobias Creek just started a Twitch channel, so
0: I, I've seen that he's he's been a little bit more. I think he's on like TikTok now too. He's, he's
1: huge on TikTok.
0: Yeah, interesting. TikTok. So like it... five
1: hundred thousand followers,
0: huge. I to be perfectly honest, I wasn't. I was a little underwhelmed by him this year.
1: Yeah, a little bit. You know, yeah, for sure.
0: I I've like I like I remember when... he
1: was spending too much time on TikTok. That's why. <laughs>
0: But uh, I, remember, I remember, like when we watched him at Nations League in in Ottawa a couple summers ago, that it, it feels like that was not that long ago because I haven't done anything for the however past long because of <laughs> coronavirus. I'm not like you with a with a a great job that kind of passed the time, but that was like two years ago. That's crazy. Um, but yeah, when we saw him there, like I thought I was very really high on him at the beginning of the season. I was like, wow, Crick and short. That's a that's a fantastic combination. But yeah, why is quick? Cr- definitely let me down but then seeing in the discord chat uh you know our one of our i'm not gonna throw him on the bus but under the bus but one of our german guys was making some comments that you know there's always been questions about his work ethic
1: yeah i mean i I don't know the guy personally i think yeah that's i haven't really talked to him done any interviews but that's that's a killer for young athletes careers i think we see that across every sport that uh yeah sometimes, sometimes, even though you're seven feet tall and athletic, that even that doesn't guarantee anything and And how would you compare maybe to to anton Brehm? Because I remember he was another guy that we watched that nation's league tournament, pretty much the same age, uh playing for Berlin this year yeah, I think uh I mean, not first in the rotation, but he is playing a lot because of all the injuries that Berlin has been having to their main guys um I mean I mean, I a think, couple of years ago, I for sure would have taken creek.
0: Yeah, but now? yeah, I would have to watch Brem a little bit more. But I feel like every time I've watched Berlin this year, that watching him like feel like he he does some good stuff. And I'm not saying that Crick doesn't do some good stuff. I I really think he does. But I feel like more could be done. You know, like that there's that there's 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 more in that jar, and that we just need to yeah. we need to get it out somehow. Um, <laughs>
1: hopefully this doesn't get back to me too much. But I, I I was watching one of his Twitch streams, and someone was asking him about. Um, oh, how do I become a better blocker? And his response is basically like, "Man, I I have no idea. I've I have no idea how to help." I'm like, that, "That's not what you want to hear from a middle
0: blocker." Maybe. No, definitely not, man. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't really. I just know. remember that, that story. I mean, I would, I think, I I would love to be able to teach block. I was like a six foot three middle, like it it, it it wasn't working, and you had to you had to be able to to figure it out. That's what guys like him it's so so easy he's just like yeah i'm big and i block right that's why wayne gretzky yeah. could never was, was such a bad vo- the hockey coach right because you can't you can't just be like oh just go out there and do it you know i don't know just just do it um,
1: blocking is a really hard skill though i think uh, as i you know talk to more coaches and, and more players on the highest level they, they a lot of them say that's the thing that differentiates like the really really elite teams and it is the blocking and like one skill in volleyball that you just you need years to develop it
0: yeah and that's Um, that's i would attribute blocking like canada's block defense system in general and how it all like i I don't think that necessarily i mean we've talked about the middles in canada have being like we you know we don't have top level guys but our blocking as a team is really good because of how systematic it works and how the entire team works, works works it works within the the blocking system we've gotten we've gotten really uh uh <laughs> out of uh off topic here and go, going off off of okay. t- <laughs> Tobias
1: Crickson. I thought it was a great conversation but yeah maybe we should try to uh, get I
0: mean, back get back to it I mean I do think it's, it's a great conversation as well but uh I don't know I, I definitely want to t- tune into one of Crick's uh twitch streams does he does he play video games
1: uh Yes, I believe that's what he. I forget, I forget what he's doing when I was watching. I think he was just kind of like chatting to the camera. Interesting. But uh, I, I can see why he's popular with the, uh with the ladies. That's that's all I can say.
0: Okay. Oh wow, interesting. I want to. I, I want to go check that out now. All right. Uh, well, ju- jumping back into the like Italian League playoffs here a little a little bit. Um, let's let's kind of break down just the three matchups before we we get into the overall. Let's just break up break down the three matchups that we have going on here first is Milan against uh, Verona next is Modena against Ravenna. um third is Piacenza against Padova let's just start with Milan and and Verona um two teams that did a, let a lot of this this year and two teams with fa- fairly good rosters that I would have expected maybe a little bit more from
1: yes to Milan I don't I don't know about Verona though um I mean, they were decent, but I don't, I don't think I, I fully uh, was sold on them as a playoff team this year. But, okay, to be fair, the big question they did answer was, is Thomas Tomaszewski going to be healthy in, in playing at a high level? And yes, he is. So, yeah, I guess if you take that into account, um, yeah, we probably should have expected a bit more. But
0: uh, but, but also with the fact
1: that... Also, like, if you told me that Stefan Boyer was going was gonna to leave halfway through the season. But,
0: but that, like that, like that, to me, but it wasn't only the fact that he left halfway through the the season he left halfway through the season because of how mediocre and how just not even make like how bad he was right and like that yeah, to me is like if, if you had told me at the beginning of the year that Jensen Kade Van Jensen the the, the Dutch kid that I watched set for UCLA at the can tournament you know not like a year ago it would be a much better. by the
1: way run. it should definitely make a career as an opposite not a setter yeah
0: first of all what are you doing setting the ball like I it, mean it's, it's
1: fine and you're yeah. just you're playing down in college, I guess. But Yeah,
0: but dude, like well, like what are you doing? And like if you had told me that he would a better better option than Stefan Boyer at the beginning of the season, I would have laughed yeah. at you. Because I, I I honestly, in my eyes, Stephen Boyer was like was a top guy. And now he's in, in Qatar mm-hmm. going toe toe with Xander Ketruszynski. And at this point I'd probably pick Xander Ketruszynski. you know, like
1: Yeah, yeah. After I don't know, after after I feel like Stefan Boyer, I don't know why he i feel like he got really overrated overhyped somehow um and i feel like you know he was he was making like he was in, in a lot of people's heads he was at the top of of uh people's opposite list maybe because he was kind of like the heir apparent antoine rousier is part of some really good french teams a french national team doing so well but i mean i don't know Stephen boy i, I for sure i'm picking jean Patry as the as a national team not starter even close. At this point. I think it's not even. Yeah, I don't
0: think it's. Especially the way that patri started off the season with Milan, like Milan, like people may forget this, but Milan was in third place at one point in the Super Lega. right? They were rolling, yeah. and it, you know, I, like I, I wrote the, the article about Mar at the beginning of the season, and it seemed he was very happy. You know, he had Ishikawa, who was playing well at that point. Patri was, you know, one of the top uh, opposites in in Italy, and Mar was just doing what he does, and then that injury to Petri really really derailed everything for for them and Milan was a really never they weren't able to kind of pick it back up after that point. And they've had some nice wins like that last win over over Trentino but um still like a lot of question marks for me around this Milan team. Like who are they 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 going to address? Are they going to go with
1: Yeah, we don't even know their lineup.
0: Right? Like we haven't seen Steven Mar at all recently. Like it's been uh, Ishikawa ornout and uh and Petri and yeah, it's I don't know. To be honest, I don't really like, I think the whoever the M- Milan's coach is, I don't think I, I like him. I don't think he p- doesn't pass the vibe check. He seems like a stooge to me.
1: Yeah. Well, another thing, uh, uh, another thing about Milan is that uh, one thing I was kind of going through the stats pretty in depth um, when I was doing my All-Stars video. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jan Kozmurnik is not having a great year. Uh, statistically, I think he's, he's definitely a very average to below average in terms of attacking, and from what I've seen, his blocking has not been great either. And kind of for a younger guy that is coming off of a couple of huge national team performances, um, I think that's a little disappointing and not really where I expected um, him to be. but I mean he's probably going up against the worst middle blockers in almost in the entire league uh, for Verona and Jonas Agrinier and Eduardo Kineshi, <laughs> I think it, is the other starting. I mean, Aigner is not even like a national team French blocker, and neither is. I don't know. Yeah, the middle blockers on Verona seem to be a, a huge gaping hole, and I think the reason why they're not playing well and not doing well, despite um, Matej Kaziski and Thomas Jayski having unreal seasons.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I mean, they're, they're just another team that's strong on the outside and just nothing down the middle, and both both of these like Luca Spirito. Ah. He's he's average, you know. He's he's all right, but I like
1: spirito. I like spirito, but I mean I think it does get overrated from being an Italian setter. It's one of those things where usually if you're like an Italian slash Polish slash Russian libero setter, you probably tend to be ranked a bit higher than
0: than you would otherwise. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So and Alex like just who's Alexander Kimarov?
1: <laughs> it's like the two fifteen opposite. From Russia. Yeah, yeah. So he's. I mean, he's a younger guy. I, I think.
0: Apparently, he but, started started the year with them. He's he's yeah. On, so he's on the volleyball. He was roster. the backup
1: to Petri at the beginning of the year. He's the kind of guy who's had a reasonable amount of success with the Russian junior team. Um, and then when Boyer left, he started for a couple of games and was atrocious. Like to To the point where obviously they're like call, had to call like American college student from UCLA and be like, please, please come
0: play opposite. For did, us. Well, did you hear the story of how like Mads Cat Jensen ended up there? He was training with them over the summer. And okay, nice. The, like the deal was because who's their who's their coach? Stoichev. Yeah, I think he, somehow yeah, I think somehow he knows Stoichev, and I everyone knows Stoichev. I, yeah, and well, like personally, and I think Stoichev invited him to come down, and the the deal was like. You know we don't have an opposite right now. So when we're training in the morning, you can train as a setter. But when we're playing in the afternoon, you have to play as a right uh, side. And then my guess is that uh, Boyer was just okay. average, and then Kimerov sucked too. And then they were just like, "Can we just call up this American kid? Like he's he does he's probably not going to have a season. I mean they do have a season, but let, let's be honest, it's going to be watered down. But like let's just let's just go get him. And so I wonder if he's ever going to go back to. I would doubt he would go back to setting. He had such a good year. Hitting. I mean, I, I do he, think that he's going to get figured out in season two, though.
1: I mean, he's going to be pretty in demand. Um, But he, he can't go back to UCLA and play volleyball now,
0: right? No, I don't think he can. Yeah. I think I think he's kind of like he's ruined that 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 professional amateur.
1: I mean, he's going to have a sick volleyball career, so he can go back at any time.
0: Yeah. I, I think he may. I think we may see. I don't know. I, I'm I think that he's a player that is difficult. Like he came in partway through the season and he like, he hits at a different height and a different angle than people are used to. Right. But I, I'm not entirely sure of how, like, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able we're going to be ranking him among the all time opposites and, and like even the best opposites yeah. in the world at some point. Like, I, I think his, I think he might be, this is just me personally, and but like he may be punching a little bit over his weight right now and he may have to define his game a little bit more like i didn't seem like he wasn't hitting with a lot of power you know he didn't have great shots in in my opinion he was just able to play that you know that chip and chisel game a little bit better because his angles are different but i feel like after he's been in the 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 you know the league for a year people are going to get film on him and he's not gonna be able to do the same thing and, and have the same success you know kind of like tyler hero this year for 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 the heat you know he's just not just and Duncan Robinson they're just it's, not doing they're not doing what they were able to do last year because everyone knows about them and everyone has film on them
1: yeah exactly I, th- I think you're exactly right that you can't game plan against the guy <laughs> who you've never seen play the position before and not to mention and... he's like
0: seven fo- six feet tall and he's a lefty right like no yeah. no one else in the world right now can give you the same look as kid Jensen I need, I need to figure out his actual name and what people call him maybe we'll call it kofi
1: yeah <laughs> i feel like you saw a little bit similar of a thing where with Addis Legumja this year where teams he was firing off to the start and then teams had all the scouting reports and did their data volley and
0: but were I, able I, to figure I, him out i a think bit. also it's a little bit more difficult with Legumja because he had to leave partway through the season to go play for turkey in in the in the qualifying tournament so i think that that in my opinion might have had a little bit of a, an effect with him because he wasn't a he wasn't yeah, around. He yeah, wasn't yeah. around there for a while because uh, he he was gone. So they had someone else playing in in the opposite position. But that's just, that's just my my opinion. He he impressed me a lot this year. Lagunja. Yeah?
1: Davy is great. Another guy to watch out for. Uh, do you want to just talk about Monza then? Now their their match.
0: Uh, or are
1: they are they already through? Are no 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 yeah they're, no, they're, 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 they're team, already yeah.
0: through. But who are you who are you taking? for well, first of all, I guess we should we should preface this that this. That the the playoffs are going to be best of three series. So, uh, first match is going to go on this Sunday. Uh, next match goes on next Sunday, the 28th. Uh, and then the deciding match uh, will be going on on Saturday, uh, March 6th, if if need be. Kind of it it puts the quarterfinals kind of far away, which kind of sucks. But oh well.
1: It was funny. We were talking. Uh, I was talking to one of the players on the team, and they're like, "Yeah, we have like a, we have like a." a 14 or like 10 or 11 day break. Um <laughs> this week is like none of the top teams are playing, right?
0: Cuz they have this huge break and if you're not playing in Champions League it 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 sucks that coronavirus <laughs> is going on right now cuz you know that if you if you had like you could take like a 2
1: week vacation. Yeah,
0: you could like yeah, at least a week, you know. They won't, but yeah, absolutely. 100% they won't, but uh but yeah, anyways, let's break break it down though. Milan Verona, who do you think? Like what's your what's your call here? Are we going like I think it's going to be 2-0 Milan just Milan and no matter what they they've got going on but uh who knows
1: I think so too <laughs> I, I should I should try and be careful cuz I did make predictions on my last podcast as well so I want to make sure I, I'm not a, uh, not changing them too much but uh, there's new information this week so maybe I've thought about it a bit more yeah but yeah I, I agree to 2-0 for for Milan as well
0: yeah and yeah I mean I wouldn't be surprised if it went to 3 but I think Milan will will be moving on and uh who do they have to take on, in because that's the winner of the eight, the eight, not er, yeah, that's the winner of the eight nine game, right? So they're gonna have to take on Perugia. Yeah, so they're
1: gonna have a fun, <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be a fun one.
0: Yeah, so Good right, luck. right into Perugia. No, oh well. Um, all right. Then the next matchup we have, uh, Modena against Ravenna. This one's gonna be hot and heavy in the Discord chat. And it's gonna. I think this is gonna be a lot of fun. But I don't think there's any doubt in either of our minds which way it's gonna go.
1: Mm, I have a little bit of doubt, not a lot, but I have a little bit of doubt. All right,
0: tell me more. Um, why? Just, why do you have a little bit of doubt? Like,
1: I I feel like Ra- I mean, I've, I've heard people say Raven is overachieved, but in my opinion, they've they've underachieved uh, given the level of their roster. I think they have you know a pretty good block defense. They have, as we know, you love Eric Lepke. With this uh, great server at this level, Um, and I I don't know, I I just like the team, and I feel like it's more of a knock against Modena than a pro Ravana, because Modena, man, they—I was running some stats for Champions League, and their offense is just—it's bad, it's bad. And when you have the best setter and the best libero in the world, and your hitters still can't get it done, I don't know. I feel like they could run out of steam in a three-game series.
0: Against Ravenna though? Like I'd, well, I'd, 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 yeah, because I know because, I know you've watched a
1: lot of Ravenna because you have uh, uh, watched I, I, every and, Eric Lepke game.
0: Well, I wouldn't say that, but you know, I have definitely I've definitely followed him, but uh, yeah. because you know, like Ricine and Penali, like I don't see them like player for player, they don't match up with with Modena. Like not at all.
1: I, but I also don't think Pinali's gonna play necessary. I think he played horribly during the regular season, but if if Pinali gets even to like a average opposite level
0: like I don't know that, that could be pretty huge I like I okay i I will give it to you that I do think Penale And, and has...
1: ravenna lost so many close games and so many tight sets I feel like ravenna would always like go up like 15 13 15 14 and then they would peter out towards the end yeah and now but... that they're rested they they got they got their groove
0: on yeah but the the the, the same thing can be said that you know Modena is rested as well too and like look at how veteran that team is.
1: They got to play Champions League.
0: Yeah, I guess that's. I guess that's true. I still. I don't see because, like, think of how, like, think of how upset Modena fans are if they lose to Raven. You know, if they don't make it on. Like it's it's like uh, it's they, just
1: more pressure. Yeah, but,
0: expectations. But they've got got like you know like you've got guys on that team who are able to handle the pressure. In my in in my opinion.
1: Micah Christensen can handle the pressure. Do I think Luca Vittori can handle the pressure? Do I think Moritz Karlitz can handle the pressure? Doesn't seem like it. Yeah,
0: that's true. Do you see that Johnny was like or I think Tommy posted in the chat about how Johnny was on a on a podcast about the uh game and when they lost it and he was just like, Yeah, Karl gets very emotional sometimes. This is
1: what I'm saying. Raven is better than Rosalair in my opinion. Rosalare.
0: I agree with you, but they're young. That's that's my that's my thing. That's a good point. And, young, yeah. and to be honest, if we're talking about playoff experience, like I don't know, I I have no I have no idea like where racina and Panali and all of these Italian guys are coming. But like I know that Eric Klepke has a lot of playoff experience. But how does that tra- how does him winning multiple U Sport championships translate into Superliga? You know? But I mean, like yeah, I, that's a good question. But like at the same know, time, like it, it, is. It, it, it is like it is a, a a thing to talk, you know, it, it is still a championship run. Like he still knows, knows how to, how to do that so that I know that he could, you know, I know that Eric Lepke thrives in playoff, in playoff situations. actually, you know, that like when, when the job needs to get done, like Eric Lepke comes to play, but you know, I'm not entirely sure that that's the same for, for Europeans.
1: Yeah. And, and I think Lepke, I mean, I've, I picked him as my rookie of the year. So I, I'm pretty high on him, but he's still uh, he's still not at the stage where he's like option A on a, on a good Super team. No, and uh, but we didn't we didn't talk about another guy. I mentioned in that video. My second team, Libero All-Star, Yani Kovacic, one of the best passers in the Super
0: Yeah, I, I I do against the weak serving team like Modena. He's gonna be he's gonna feast. My, see, my biggest issue with with Ravana in general is just their setting. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, that it, right. it would like, be nice if they had a better setter. You energy. know, like I every a huge bread, but then,
0: like it, it just it just kind of breaks down at that at that point, and that to me, like that to me is where, like you have to go up against a Micah Christensen in the first round, you know, and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, if if you have to ask me, like that's probably where Ravana breaks down. Just my opinion.
1: Yeah, and I mean. Francisco Ricciña has shown like if he goes up against blockers that are keyed in on him, like he's he really struggles as well.
0: Yeah, and like he he's he's another guy like because he's like a small, high flyer type guy where he's gonna catch you. And beginning of the season, he was dropping like large amount. Yeah, of points yeah this is another games. great example, of that. right? Yeah. And he's like he comes in with speed. He comes in, you know, like he if he gets a good set, he's gonna come in with speed. He's gonna chizzy if he's got that opening, he's gonna go low underneath. But at the same time, once you know that about them about him and those options aren't available because everyone knows that he's going to try to go low underneath or he's going to try to chizzy like you know off and out of the block then those shots are kind of taken away and he hasn't really been able to to identify anything else i've also noticed that he is someone especially that really lives and dies by his offensive output you know in a way that like if he's not getting that ball and if he's not getting kills his everything else deteriorates in his game right right whereas you know we've it seen was a
1: shame because he really brings a lot uh, in terms of reception and serving and yeah 100 percent
0: but win. he gets moody and just starts being, you know, like I'm going to say he looks whiny but that's, you know,
1: that that I think just that's me. just like his face. His face just kind of <laughs> looks like that all the time.
0: I think that's just a, that's just a European thing. You know, they start they start winning, they start they start they start totally. winning. Um but you, you know, so I I I don't see Raven I see them maybe taking a game possibly but are you telling me that Modena, if they go into a Game 3 scenario at home, that they're going to let, you know, like you're telling me Michael Strickson is going to let that happen? Hell no.
1: Uh, I'm still picking Modena, but I think it's going to be tighter. I don't think it's going to be a walkover. I think it's probably the closest of these three series.
0: Okay, that's fair. Well, actually, no. Milan, Milan, Verona, in my opinion, is way closer than, than these other two. Like, I'm picking Modena and Piacenza. Like, you know, like I've, I've got a lot of question marks around around Milan. And I've watched them like maybe more than I've watched uh, Ravana this year.
1: Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, given the way Milan's played, like they should be playing way better than that. Given the talent on their roster,
0: in my opinion, Milan shouldn't be in this, you know, in this scenario. But here, here they are.
1: Definitely Uh, in the previews at the beginning of the year, I was like, okay, this is Milano's year to finish, you know, fourth place because they're on paper they were clearly the fourth best team. Viva Valencia and Monza had other things to say, but they, it, the spot was there for the taking. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, so yeah, I, I, think we, I think we've covered, it, covered that game. We can, we can jump on to the last game, and I think neither of us is going to contest it. I think Piacenza um, is going to be, beat uh, Padova. Um, I posted uh, Tommy and Monty did that write-up, posted on Reddit, so I, I put it on the, the website. And I loved
1: <laughs> Yeah, by the way, anyone anyone who's listening to this on five one as well, that that is a must read if you want to like catch up. Like if you think we are, are going in depth here, like that that goes over everything. And you can find that on the volleyball reddit r slash volleyball or uh on Everett's website, yeah. volleyballsource.ca. Yeah,
0: it's it should just be just be on the front page. Um but yeah, it uh and and I love the fact that they're like those are two Italian guys, so they have such a different perspective of the volleyball. It's like almost like us talking about the NHL. It's great, um, but you know I loved how Tommy put this, like you were the chosen one. And I, I really wish we could use that that you know Obi Wan Kenobi me right now because they really were like you look at that you look at that roster. And you've got Clevno, Aaron Russell, and Gregor Grozier and like Candelaro as well. Like you just your mouth starts watering, and then it just. They're in the they're in the you know the bottom six playoff here.
1: But why why are we writing the obituary already? I mean, they have a walk walkover game in the first round, and then you know they're they're still in the playoffs. They still have an insanely talented roster. Um, I think they they could still go far. I think they could still go to the semifinals and maybe even the finals. But the, like, sure,
0: they have to play Trentino though.
1: Yeah, yeah, and yeah, given the way they're playing, but
0: like, like, like to the, me, the, the to roster's
1: me, so good on paper. Absolutely, the roster's and, so it,
0: so good on paper, and you're right. Like, they do have that possibility. Like, like, all of these guys have the ability to go off here, but they just it hasn't been working out all of that much, all that well.
1: Yeah, and I think it, I think it comes down to another team where it probably comes down to setting a bit. You know, we had the, so much controversy at the beginning of the season with. Uh, Riddle here, Zulo, the Cuban setter kind of starting out and then having everyone quickly, very quickly turn against him. And now uh, Michele Baranovic being brought in, who's done a better job, but still not a great job in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I I agree. And I mean, just pulling up the stats here. And I mean, Gregor Grozier as well, suffering an injury uh, midway through the season two, didn't help out. Although he didn't miss that many games, right? Like he played fifteen of twenty two, yeah, twenty two. But it was an well. ankle
1: injury, though. I hate ankle injuries. Yeah, you're right. You're, you're, they because right. even if you can play on it on, on a bad ankle, you you can lose like half a foot off your vertical easily. And mm-hmm. for a super physical player like Rosha, that can make a difference. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, but Trevor Cloveno man is having like. Again, another player is having a super under the radar unreal season.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, he's only he's only scored like 250, 58 points, which is like hundred points less than than Aaron Russell, right? And they've really been the two they've been the two guys who have played every single set, other than the libero uh, Leonardo Scan Scanferla. Uh Yes,
1: he's always been all right as well.
0: But then you, if you look at like his his efficiency, like he's got a forty five percent efficiency, and he's. His hitting percentage is a, is is fifty two point one, so that's when you start looking at like oh damn like he's putting up some numbers this year.
1: Yeah, which is like for guys at his level of output is like yeah. one of the high, like it's higher than Luccarelli. Yeah, you know, like it's higher than John Petri. Yeah, absolutely. You look at it like he's uh,
0: he's, he's 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 gotten like almost like two hundred twenty less sets than Russell this year.
1: Yeah, and but Russell Russell's a great guy to go to uh, in those. You know, out-of-system situations.
0: Oh, so. no, 100%, absolutely. But I'm, I'm just saying like that, like it's, it's really too bad that everything else on Piacenza just kind of crumbled around them because those two guys putting up the numbers that they, that they were should be a, a top five team.
1: Yeah, I agree. Piacenza sure. on paper. But at least they're not Sustana. <laughs> at least they're, they're doing decently. I guess that's my original point. Like they, they're still, they still have an opportunity. Um, but it sounds like Piacenza still isn't giving up. They're not like, okay, we didn't win this Super League. You know, in our first year of uh, of paying
0: whatever money, so are they going back with this with most of this roster for next year?
1: Uh, I'm not sure about the exact roster, but I think they're running it back at at least in terms of budget
0: to to a certain extent. I feel like they're they've always been a team that would throw money and like you know throw money at a budget, and I'm just not sure if if it's ever stuck.
1: Yeah. I mean, you you need a big budget to be successful, but you're not guaranteed to be successful with a big budget. That's yeah. how I tend to think of it.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But this 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 roster has just been kind of all over the place this year. Just looking at uh, how many different guys that that they've that they've had had, had out there.
1: <laughs> Whatever. What about what about Pat, uh, Padova? I mean, <laughs> we just spent, like the last ten minutes talking about uh, Pia chance and We didn't even. Yeah, yeah because, you know they're playing an opponent, right?
0: Yeah, I know you're right, but at the same time, like, okay, Stern Chantancheck is gonna score 25 points, and they're still gonna lose.
1: 25 points on 40 sets. Actually, no, it's generous. <laughs> yeah. 25 points on like on 50 like, sets.
0: Yeah, on 50 on 50 plus sets. Like, they've just like going to the like four wins on the year. Um. And he led the league in scoring pretty much, I think, or was one of their one of the top scorers in the league. Yeah, top top two, three. You know, like he scored three hundred and sixty eight points. Mattia Potolo scored two two hundred and
1: seventy four. Potolo actually has it, been a great story in Italy, a guy who's completely under the radar in terms of the national team pipeline for Italy. And, you know, comes into Pato, just happens to be a youth player, they happen to have tank this year and have an open spot he just happens to go in and you know got an opportunity and seized it and now like he's definitely going to get consideration maybe not this cycle for the Olympics but at least the next cycle for sure because he he was looking pretty good definitely one of my like most surprisingly good players this year because no one had him on their
0: radar. To be honest I watched zero Padova this year and I've I've, I've watched them in the past especially like in past years because they've had Canadians but they had no Canadians and just for some reason, like the matches they played Canadians, I wasn't watching it. And yeah, I've watched it zero. Which sucks because as you know, and I've been firm in this before, I'm a big fan of Kubika Soji.
1: Yeah, I mean the yeah, Kuvika Soji great player, and another guy to watch on the team, Santiago Danani, one of the most entertaining Barros in the sport. Uh just kinda of, he's like a Gorbenikov guy, you can just like I don't know what it is. Maybe it's like they have like just the top like 0.1% hand-eye coordination, but but they can have a ball coming at them at 120 kilometers an hour and just stick their like pinky finger out and pops up or stick their foot out and it pops up. Very all- fun player to watch. But yeah, teams like Padova, for me, they're not like my favorite type of team to watch because their offense is so like one side. It's just we're gonna hustle hard on defense, try and get the ball up and then yeah a pan pan and i hope he has a good scoring like game today
0: yeah i i just don't see them i don't see it uh, happening for for for, for padova so i i see that going 2-0 for sure
1: yeah i agree for sure 2-0
0: yeah but uh lock all right so yeah lo- lock that in moving on moving on to the quarters then we let's just let's just assume let's let's play the game and we're, we're we're taking our picks because we're we're pretty much uniform on picks here milan Mo- modena and and uh, and Piacenza. Let's just take yeah. those those on. Move on to the quarterfinals. Then we'd have Perugia uh, against Milan, Monza against Vibo, which I think is might be like the most fire of the quarterfinals. Um, Trentino taking on uh, Piacenza, and then Lube Civitanova taking on Modena.
1: Yeah, I mean, frick! I love the the Italian league because that that is some good playoff matchups there. And another fun thing this year is like, usually the last few years we've had the top four teams, which means the first round of the playoffs was not that interesting. Cause we would have a kind of like some pseudo contenders, like one team would win a game here or there, but really you knew like the, the semifinals is when it would start. But this year we have the great four five matchup in Monza versus Valencia and two teams that kind of unexpectedly like stormed, especially for Vivo this year. And I, I, I don't know if I can call that match. It's it's so 50-50 and I I'm very much looking forward to that matchup.
0: It's two very they're two opposite uh opposite ways of playing as well, right? Where I've loved watching Vivo Valencia all year long just because of how they they're a very fun team to watch and, this, and the and the offense that they run, they're a little bit smaller uh, on the left side especially with Thibaut Hazard and, and TG DeFalco Falco um yeah. and David Saita as well as, as being their setter where on the other side like you do have Santiago Arduna, so you do have another other small setter on on the side of Monza, but you know like la ladis la uh Max Holt, like you've got some uh, the, the, the how do you how do you Davranok. say Davranok. yeah, like that dude like it's two very different ways of playing, and for you sure. know it's it's very power versus skill, and I think it's gonna be a fun matchup
1: yeah, for sure I mean David Saeda... It's so unpredictable. <laughs> I love it. He's like, he's probably one of the hardest setters to read. And k- again, kind of like came out of nowhere this season, just like elevated his level of play, like way higher.
0: I think, I think it's partly because of the team that he has around them. Like both yeah. Rasah and and, and DeFalco fit in very well with that kind of wait and see mentality, if, if you know what yes. I mean. Right. And they're both very calm athletes who have the, that have the ability to be very explosive. Right. And so they both play in the same way where they're very calm and they watch and they they retain information as, a, as opposed to trying to force things through, which is, you know, maybe a guy like Lukumzia is more just like, look, give me the ball and I'm going to I'm going to hit it hard where those yeah. two where those two guys kind of wait to see what option is, is giving with them. And I think working with Saida, they have that ability to like just, you know, without even communicating, being like, we're going to go fast right here and he's just going to shoot it to the outside. And on that note, I think Chenin in the middle is, is another guy who, you know, he's so freakishly athletic and he's so, he has that ability like a lot, a lot like Simon that if I go up, I'm going to create a target for myself and say, it is going to be able to get the ball to me as opposed to, Hey, we're playing this system where we need the middle to come to the center at this angle. And this is how you need to hit the ball. So I think for them, it's, it's very much as it's a group of players that just mesh really, really well together and have the ability to elevate each other's play. That's why seeing that all these different players are getting all these large contracts for next year and that that team is is pretty much gone. It's like Leicester City of the Premier League a few years ago making that magical run. It's just everyone with big budgets going to come and pilfer all the the pieces. And I think that the sum of its whole is greater than the pieces individually.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. I think that's one of the worst about the year of sports is that you have like these amazing like stories of of people coming together and players playing above their level and developing at the same time really like there's not like a reward for it like can you imagine if like this group stayed together and then a couple years maybe added like uh, a a big opposite you know to replace abuba yeah that'd be pretty cool but unfortunately we don't have that but yeah i would say overall i really agree yeah i agree with all your points i also like how tj falco were kind of They've got a bit of a bag of tricks, right? Like, you never know exactly what to expect when you're, when you're playing outside hitters like that. Um, I would definitely take David Saita in this matchup as a setter. Um, but the one question I have about uh, Mons is, are we going to see Max Holtz in time for the playoffs? Do you know the, the um, status of his injury?
0: I, I, no, I didn't even know he was injured. This is news to me.
1: No, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure he's injured because he hasn't played in a little while. So,
0: okay, uh, I'm. I'm just pulling up their stats here. So, yeah, Holt only appeared in sev- in 17 games. Man, I didn't even know it. The the, the Donovan the the Frozienok. Say it again for me.
1: Z- I, I say Zavaronak.
0: Zavaronak, that sounds good. 325 points this year.
1: He's good, and he came on late too. He started off pretty slow. Uh, he's like one of those weird players that's like really tall so he's a good blocker, but also like super unathletic, so he doesn't hit that well. Um <laughs> well, yeah. kind of like a Yuri Kovar type type player.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Fair enough.
1: But he's he's really turned it on and I don't know what he did midway through the season, but he's been playing really well. I, I love those Monza teams that were Zavronik and Ole Plotnitske. That was that was fun for a couple of years.
0: Oh, that's what it was? It was Plotnitschke and and Zavronik. And
1: Zavronik is like two super young guys. They were both like 19, 20 years old, starting in the Superliga, like they were good friends together. Reminded me of like a Montella, stuff Curry type thing, and then, but then Podlischki kind of took an even bigger step, and now
0: yeah, that's 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 right. fair. Just looking at, they don't like to set the middle in Monta, eh? like they the okay. middles, the middles combined, like have very like it was like, I mean, who was their middle? It was all over but the it's place.
1: Surprising, Gianlu- Gianluca Galassi is pretty pretty good as far as uh, Italian middles go. Like I wouldn't be surprised to see him on the uh, maybe even on the Olympic roster.
0: Yeah, well, he only scored 150 points this year. Holt scored 116, and Thomas Beretta scored 100.
1: Yeah, so clearly that's what I mean. Holt was, I think, Holt missed quite a bit of time actually throughout the season, and not a huge fan of Thomas Beretta either. He's not terrible as far as Italian middle blockers go, but
0: but the, but yeah, like but like Max Holt. Only got a hundred and thirty-eight sets this year. Hmm.
1: I mean, right? Stern, I'm not a huge Sean, fan of Santiago or Dino. You know, if if
0: if, if like Stern tonchak got that in a month. Yeah, you Tanchak know, is- like 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 seriously. So it just seems like they just were completely unable to set the middle, set the middle this year. Yeah.
1: But, so we'll see. I I I'm a. What am I saying? P- Monza versus Viva Valencia. I think without holds, I'm going to pick Vivo Valencia.
0: I I think I'm I think after looking at these stats a little bit more, I think I'll I'll pick Vivo too. You know? Okay. I, there I, we go. And I think that that Vivo versus Perugia because like I'm let's be honest, we're going to pick Perugia versus Milan. Ah
1: uh, yeah yeah I mean, Milan's like some of my favorite players around that team between like Ishikawa, Mars, Jean-Petri, uh. Those guys. Yeah, but they
0: just haven't. Players I enjoy watching. They haven't been producing, though. That's, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. that's no,
1: my obviously Perugia. Obviously, Perugia, I'm going to take.
0: Yeah. Be, be, be crazy not to. And then Trentino against Piacenza. I think this one has the potential of going three. I, I do. Because you know that, like, like, that group of players has the ability to go off at any point. And I think you're right. You've convinced me a little bit more. I think that is going to be a, a, a very competitive uh, quarterfinal.
1: Yes, uh, I'm pretty excited for that quarterfinal too. And I mean, the thing is, we've seen a couple times Trentino uh, just go into like this different mode where they kind of fall apart a little bit. Mm-hmm. And we haven't seen it as much recently for sure, but where like, okay, so Luca isn't producing. Okay, so whoever you're going to have in your second outside spot so far this year for Trentino has been kind of useless. If you can't run the middles with Lizanac and Podra Shannon, okay, let's give it to Namir. But Namir loses a lot of his effectiveness if he's going against double and triple blocks, because I think Nimir, you know, is absolutely automatic against a single block, but he's, I wouldn't say he's the, uh, the strongest, maybe, at dealing with a solidly established uh, big double block.
0: No, I agree. I think, to me, I think that in a lot of situations, like, uh, Trentino's serve block defense is maybe the best in the world. Like their ability to yeah. transition, like serve tough, put teams in bad situations, force teams to do exactly what they want them to do, and then convert defensive, like in transition, is what they have the ability to do best. However, I think that in Piacenza's situation, they have the ability to play out of system, maybe better than anyone else. Right? Like you can set a high ball to any one of their outsides, and those. Zaxa,
1: guys, Zaxa. But if we're talking about Italy, probably.
0: I, I still I would still pick. Like, I
1: love Zaxa out of system this year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Out of system, but like like Zaxa's out of system. Like Zaxa out of system is very similar to Trentino out of system, where they're still kind of in system, you know? But like you, everyone knows you can jack a ball up to the roof and Gregor is going to hit it and crush a ball, right? And the same thing with with Clavno and Russell. So it doesn't really matter. Like yeah, you can yeah, pass, yeah. like you could pass on it like a one or a two overall in a match and you can jack a ball upside. And and put Trentino in a situation where they're not going to be in system in transition, you know? So I think that, like, Piacenza has that firepower to kind of go at them, and I think that they also have a firepower to go at them from the baseline to put them out of system.
1: Yeah, I mean, those are some interesting points. I haven't really thought about uh, Piacenza's out-of-system game that in depth so far, but... Yeah, I mean... The other thing with uh, Namir Abdelaziz is that I mean, he's, he's had the best season of his career. But in the past, we've seen him. Yeah, if he if he fades for two or three two or three games, is is the rest of the team going to be able to to cover for him? Like, or are they too reliant on on his offense right now? Um,
0: I think it's a big conversation too. Is that is it Micheletto or is it Dick Coy and Lucarelli? You know, because we haven't seen Dick Coy much, especially recently. And there's no doubt that if you look at the roster, he's P one. Especially the way Lucarelli's played, like kind of spot all, all throughout the season. I think defensively, he's been fantastic, especially on serve receive. But offensively, he hasn't proven he's been able to carry the load on a consistent basis.
1: Yeah. Uh, it, I th- it looks like Dick Coy is going to be the guy, at least based on the end of the season when they were both healthy. Which, which is, I mean, he's a good server. He's a better attacker than Mikel But I don't know. I, I, I was always picking Mikel when we were having like these conversations before Dick Coy returned.
0: Really? Interesting. I mean, I think you'd have to go with Dick Coy. Like, give him the chance at least at the beginning of the playoffs because like you're probably paying yeah, him, you're, yeah, yeah. you're paying him. That, to, that's just,
1: it's gonna happen that way for sure.
0: You know, like you're paying him to to be there, and like he has to lose that position in the playoffs before you're gonna be able to, to give it away. But I don't know. I still I still think he's 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 definitely the guy to to watch for sure. All
1: right. So who are you picking? What or did you already?
0: Pick? Oh, I'm still picking Trentino for sure, but I'm picking Trentino, Trentino. In, th- in three.
1: Three right? You said that at the beginning. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would pick. I think I'm going to pick Trentino in three as well. Just because I, I, I was talking at Piacenza so much. I, I got I to have them at least get a set yeah, to get a game.
0: Absolutely. And then the last one, which is probably going to be the most emotional of the quarterfinals, but maybe with with uh, not as much fireworks, Lube against uh, Modena.
1: Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, that's going to be there's so many players, I feel like, between the teams, between uh, Gerbenikov and Michael Christensen. And uh, did Luca Vittoria ever play it on Lube? I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's, anyway, it's, it's I'm, <laughs> you'd have to go look at the rosters because I'm sure there's tons of players that have been shared uh, between these teams. But I mean, super emotional for Micah Christensen being such a huge part of some very good Lube Chief Tanova squads. I don't think this matchup will necessarily be that close because I think Lube Chief Tanova might still be the best team in Italy, even though they didn't get the best record. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Modena, like, Scraped into the Italian League playoffs, scraped into Champions League playoffs, and I don't know. I was, I was, I, I feel like Mike Christensen is kind of like a Bradley Beal right now. Like, I feel like he needs, he needs more support. Bradley Beal. I, I really like. I feel like he's like a prime, like one of the best setters we've ever seen. Or are, are you
0: saying? Then, uh, well, let's give him more than a Bradley Beal. Okay. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Goodness okay. gracious, poor like. No like, no throwing a guy who's never even been in the playoffs and the same in the same sentence as Michael Christiansen. Yeah, okay, like, what about a, a Kareem, Kareem
1: Abdul Jabbar
0: in, in Milwaukee in the seventies? Okay. Wow. I, I I think maybe he's like a dame right now. Dame Lillard. You know, like okay. I'm world class. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna put the team on my back though. I've got like a Luca Victoria who's similar to uh uh what's his face there, mellow, right? Like I've got some pieces around me, but like, hey, this is my team and like I I'm the guy and I'm 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 here to win it, you know? So let's 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 put some respect on Michael Christians' name here. Good gracious. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> um
1: kinda of, this this kinda of popped into my head just now though. Um in, in your experience, like when you talk to guys, do you ever find like the fact that it's an Olympic year now will like changes things? Do you think uh people kinda of have maybe are thinking about a little bit, or maybe a bit more cautious in terms of injuries or any, uh, any factors like that?
0: Yeah, I absolutely do. Like, I think that, I think that that's one thing that differentiates volleyball from any other professional sport is how prevalent the Olympics are. And because I, and you know what, like I remember, I remember talking to Stephen Marr and I'll bet this was during the Norseca final between, um, uh, 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 the U.S. and Cuba, right? In in Winnipeg, and I'm I'm sitting talking to Mar, and this is as he's prepping to go to Moscow last year, and I go like, you know, you're going to Moscow next year, and you know like, that's a big boy league, and he's like, absolutely, like I'm going to a big boy league because I'm gonna get ready to play these boys in January, you know, and I think that's like, especially I can't really speak to anywhere else, but I know that in Canada, that's because we know that in Canada, like basically, if we're qualifying for the Olympics. There's way more money in the budget for the team moving forward. So it's way, way, it, there's so much of, there's so much of a bigger implication and I'm sure this is this is everywhere, but like making the, the Olympics is so much of a bigger implication than just, just that, that clout, I guess you would say, right? Because it's very much like, Hey, we are also setting the tone for the gen, the next generation. Like the fact that now Canada has, has qualified for two straight Olympics and that, hasn't really been done. Like that's never been done before by, by volleyball is absolutely massive. Right. Because now sport Canada looks at it and being like, Hey, like this is our, you know, this is, this is, you know, like these are one of the teams that, that, that we want to focus on. And I think that was definitely one of the, the, the goals for Glenn at the beginning was to like, we need to set these standards so that we can start achieving these milestones so that we can reach these, these levels of funding. Right. So I 100 100 percent think that like part of the reason why we haven't seen as much of Blair Band this year for Durin is partly because, you know, he wants to make sure that he's ready for July and August and playing Bundesliga doesn't really matter when you've got the Olympics in in your eyes. So, yeah, like I I think it's a huge I think it's a huge thing for for guys to be looking at the uh, at the Olympics, especially like how much ball you have to play between now and then if you're talking about all these playoffs, if you're talking about Champions League, if you're talking about Nations League, if you're talking about whatever Nor- other Norsega bullshit we have to do because volleyball, we just run our athletes wild, right? Like, there's a lot to think there. And uh, I think that you, if you're not thinking about the Olympics, that's, you know, you're, that's, I think that might be crazy.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think it's, if you're coming from another sport, it's something you don't, uh, it's, it's not quite the same, but it's like, I would say like athletics is a is a pretty comparable um, sport where you know they do have like pretty solid uh, professional leagues with the Diamond League and everything, but then really when when it comes down to it, like the Olympics is is by far the the biggest thing. And you know I, when you're talking about the example of Canada qualifying for two Olympics, it kind of r- reminded me of another country that almost did the opposite in Australia, where they qualified for 2012 mm-hmm. and. You know that was great, and there was a lot of excitement, but then they missed the next two, and you can see maybe uh, a little bit of enthusiasm petering out in Australia, where you know if you compare it to maybe the USA and Canada, the, the excitement is growing a lot. So, yeah, it just goes to show how how big of a how big of an impact
0: qualifying for the Olympics uh, can be. Yeah, it's it's huge. So yeah, I think that when you're you're talking about like athletes getting ready like i think that the olympics is always kind of kind of on their mind especially in in volleyball because it's you know we i think i, I don't know if it's with you i've discussed it with how much the canadian profile raised you know like you jump into 2017 and everyone's like absolutely let's hire canadians right because they come from a country where they're going to finish eighth in the world at the olympics and they're you know they're going to do win at the world league they you know, there was almost like a Canadian bubble there, where you were guys who were getting signed to their first contracts in Italy just because they won the OUA East Player of the Year. And it's like, okay, like let's calm down a little bit here. Maybe not every Canadian deserves a Superliga contract, but um, it's it's. This is it's, Xander. No, um, why am I why am I blanking on his name? York kid, and I mean Alex Duncan Tebo, and like like he was a kid uh. who played at York. Absolutely like jumped out. Like I remember going to U of T when they played U of T in his last year. And this was a kid that I had watched for a long time. Same age as my brother. I had coached against him. He played for he played uh for the Storm Volleyball Club the same time at, at, as Stephen and Mar, And they played together in, in, in 17U. Um ah. and you know, he yes, absolutely blows up, like moves from the middle to the right side, he starts hitting the gym, like got big, was banging balls, and like I remember hitting him hitting balls in warm up and walking by and he hit a ball like towards me and kind of like gave me one of these and I stood there and it's just like, I didn't know you could hit the ball that hard. Like what's going on? <laughs> but anyways, he managed to get like his first contract coming out of the year, out of, um, out of U sports was, um, Italy. Right. Was it was with Sora and like, that's kind of like, it was like kind of when that's happening, it's just, like, okay, you know, like maybe, yeah, for sure. Maybe that's, maybe that's a lot for, for something like that. But, that's definitely 100% because of the success that the national team has had, you know? And, I mean, talking about Alex Hunkatibo, he was actually in line to have a really, really good season. I think it was at Rotterdam after that and destroyed his ankle, and he's been rehabbing since
1: then. Yeah, I, I remember that, reading that on Instagram. That's and, too bad. I hate that.
0: And, like, you know, I think maybe, definitely Germany was a little bit more his pace, but, you know, I know we just went on a huge tangent here talking about the Italian League playoffs, and now we're talking about, like, random dudes in, in the OUA, but just goes to show, like, how important how important the Olympics are. So yeah, I think that at, at all times right now, everyone is, is getting really of the Olympics. Actually, we even saw somebody posted a, a translation of, of an article with, uh, Ingepeth, uh, in, in the, the chat on, uh, on discord. And he was saying like, in, Engapeth was saying in the, the interview, he was just like, you know, it's the Olympics now. And I know that the media is going to want to talk to yeah. me. So I'm, I'm more open to talking to the media and I'm going to talk to you openly about what I think has happened in certain situations. And so, yeah, absolutely. I think that, Everyone knows, everyone in the volleyball world knows that as we get closer to those five rings being in the spotlight, that volleyball is much more in, in the spotlight as well too. And um yeah. And that was a that was a long answer for a short question, but you know, that's how I do sometimes.
1: well I'm, I'm really excited for the Olympics because I know happens. we're both gonna be like, yeah, if, if it, it happens. happens. Like, like, Sorry, I, I shouldn't jinx it so much. Um but can't yeah, it it I yeah. I think it's gonna happen. Anyway, but I feel like just being able to dissect every team the way that we do, it, we do it on your podcast and on my podcast and all the other like new volleyball media that's sprung up in the last uh, five years since the last mm-hmm. uh, Olympics, I feel like I'm gonna have like a much bigger appreciation. I hope everyone listening, uh, oh yeah, is hyped up as well.
0: I'm gonna like I'll be. I mean. CBC. If you want someone who knows about volleyball and speaks two languages, both of our languages, and knows volleyball better than anyone else in the country, I'd love to work for you guys. But otherwise, like, there's no way in hell I'm going to to the Olympics to to Tokyo. That would just be such a hard headache. It Would be brutal.
1: Well, I think they're gonna. Yeah, I mean, I imagine they'll do remote interviews. Probably getting a media pass it might be a slightly harder than it already is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Already is in the, in the in the current state of things.
0: Yeah. But uh, yeah, definitely, definitely won't be going to to Tokyo. Maybe one day, if like straight up, if there wasn't, if there wasn't a coronavirus this year, one of my plans would have been to come to Europe and like do like maybe around this time, like March, April, and do do a bit of a tour, go to some playoff matches, go to some Champions League stuff and and, and do some stuff.
1: You would get unreal content and footage as long as you can get access, but I'm sure you know enough guys to
0: yeah i mean even even yeah. if i even if i wasn't even able to get like game footage and stuff like that i'd love to get just get interviews with ev- with everyone and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah for sure. so but i mean maybe we maybe we can work.
1: well i'm in europe and i can't even do that so
0: <laughs> <laughs> um the monty johnson yeah you did miss everything sorry dude uh i don't know if on twitch you can um go back and watch it all but i have been recording all of this and we'll be posting it on youtube later um so that 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 will be happening um I don't know is there is there anything else Dan, you want anything else you want to talk about?
1: Sure, I think we covered everything pretty comprehensively there.
0: Yeah, and uh, definitely looking forward Like to, it, if, wanna... do you want to touch on on semifinals real quick? Like do you or do we, uh, or are we too No, f-
1: no, no. I think we covered everything. I, I, I this is a long podcast anyway.
0: I, yeah, I think that we're too far away from the semifinals to make any type of prediction at this point. Yeah, exactly. Um, so much
1: could change between now and then. So
0: much could change. Leon could break his ankle. No, act sorry. Knock on wood. I ap- I apologize. I'm sorry. Come on. Ouch. Oh, I'm gonna go duck my dunk my head in the water because that was that was that was uncalled for. I apologize. I'm okay,
1: sorry. before let's end with one one more question. Who's gonna be the player in this playoffs that's like unexpectedly gonna take the next step and, and be really important to their team? It can be any player on any team that's in the playoffs. it's not it's not it's not an easy one to spring on you so
0: no because i feel like we've talked about so many players you know yeah um i don't know who why who who do you have i'm i'm i honestly i can't i can't think of anyone that we haven't like talked about and that you know
1: I think I think if there's someone who could benefit their team a lot in taking the next step and who I've seen flashes of potential of, it's a uh, Davide Labia, on Modena, the outside hitter.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah.
1: I, you know, I, we, we gave him performance of the tournament, in the first tournaments in Champions League. Like he looked really nice during that tournament. He was passing well, serving well, hitting well, blocking well, and you know, it looked like a next level of confidence. Definitely better than Julio Penali. So. Yeah, I think uh, I think if they can get him and and either one of Petrich or Moritz Karlitzek plays mm-hmm. decently, like that's that's where things maybe could start to happen Because
0: I I was I was leaning towards either Petrich or or, or but ah okay, but
1: yeah, <laughs> it's a mode a outside hitter is the, is the answer. Be, to because this the
0: the problem is is that and the other the other teams that we know are probably going are are probably going to be there. Like we know who the suspects are, you know, yeah. like
1: yeah. Uh, That's why it's a tough question.
0: That's why I was trying yeah. to, I wanted to ask it. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm gonna piggyback back on, on your, on your answer with this one, and I'm, I'm gonna go with Lavia uh, as well. I, I think that yeah. it's if anyone, it has to be someone on Moderna. You know, someone has yeah. to like Micah Christensen has to find his guy. He has to find his Gronk to. To, yeah, yeah, yeah to, exactly, exactly. To, good, to Brady, good analogy. To, or his Edelman to Brady, and be like, hey, you're my guy, and we're just going to roll with this. You know, in the same way that, um, what's his, what's his, who's Kansas Chiefs quarterback? Why am I forgetting about this? Mahomes. Mahomes, yeah. Mahomes is just going after Kelsey. Like when they were in gut check time and they needed points, when they needed to move those sticks, he was like, Travis, let's go. We're going to run with this. Because other guys, fucking Tyreek Hill, letting the ball through his hands, hitting his helmet. Like, what is going on? Travis Kelsey, like we are going. So Michael Christensen needs to find his Travis Kelsey and needs to ride his back. And I think that Lavia, I've always made that, that, uh, that tight end to right side. I think that there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of parallels yeah. between those two, two positions. I like, I like breaking down volleyball in terms of football. And that I think that, you know, your middles are your, t- or your running backs because they're just going to, you know, blast through in the middle and they're going to keep your defense in, in position. Your left sides are gonna be your wide receivers, you know, the long ball to the outside that's gonna probably gonna put up a lot of points. And then your right side is just your tight ends, you know? You're just okay. they're, they're, I like it. They're I the, haven't thought about it that way. They're before. the bigger guys on the right side, they're there for blocking quite often, but they can move the sticks as well, and you're just gonna give them a lot of, of volume and they're just gonna be your lumberjacks, you know, on the on the inside. So and I mean, I think it's very obvious when you put you've got your setter and your quarterback. Like that's just you know, yeah. that's just, it is what it is.
1: So, so then I guess we agree that it's not going to be Luca Vittori.
0: No, I don't think, I think Vittori is old, <laughs> you know, yeah. he, he's, he's just old. He doesn't have any spring in those legs. I want to see Lavia go off. You know what? I, I think here's, here's what I think is going to happen. Mm. Vittori is going to get the first, the start in the first game. And then Lavia and then at one some point Lavia is gonna like he's gonna start going off and is gonna come in and he's gonna like take off that, that sweatsuit and it's gonna be the last time he takes it off. You know?
1: And Lavia's plays right side or Carlitz plays right side. No, right yeah, Lavia's just, on the right side. Ah uh, okay.
0: This is this is what I'm thinking. I like it. So well, Let's see it. we'll, we'll Let's see, see it. it. All right. Well I think I think that's it for for this afternoon. Dan, thanks a lot. That was a fun. I was fun for basically like no prep. I messaged you at like twelve thirty, <laughs> and I was just like, "Yo, do you want to do a podcast with me?" I,
1: I and you know, you know my answer to that question always.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I did give you. I was either like, I was either like, either today or tomorrow. It doesn't need to be right now. And you're like, "Yeah, I'm just about to leave work. Let's do it." And I was like, "Perfect. This, this is this is great. What, what do you have? What else are you up to tonight?" I think it's it's late now. It's almost
1: well, it's almost yeah, I just did uh, the European volleyball show on the CV YouTube channel. So if you haven't seen that, go check it out. Um, I'm going to bed soon, but we got snow volleyball this weekend, so check that out uh, in grind in Austria. That's, so, that's like,
0: sick. I might have to check that out. I'm going to. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to a dinner party tonight for the first time in forever. I'm excited. Uh, yeah,
1: I can't even imagine. I haven't been to a social event in so know. long.
0: Yeah, my girlfriend and I are going to have dinner with a, one of my, like my oldest friend and her boyfriend. Um, nice. So, we're we're under the we are still within the limits of people in in the house, so we're we're fine. But yeah, it's they better open up stuff soon because I I honestly I just want to be able to get a bunch of dudes in the gym and w- sit and watch volleyball. Like seriously, like I've been kind of salivating yeah. over yeah, the idea sure. of just like making a call out to some of my friends who are still in the Toronto area and like play ball and being like, Hey, we're going to put together a game, uh, a game together. And I'm just going to put my camera at the baseline. I'm going to sit at a chair and I'm going to talk shit the entire time. And I'm very excited about that, that idea happening.
1: Well, I'm very much looking forward to that. Everett. Cool, dude. Thanks again for collaborating on another fantastic podcast.
0: Yeah. Uh, Guys, if you want to go check out uh, Dan, he's a five one VB on YouTube, on Instagram.
1: Do you have a website too? 51VB.com? Five, five, yeah, I have a, I have a good one, but it's totally unupdated. So <laughs> stick, stick to the social yeah. media. For he, you
0: know. he just released uh, his view on the MVP race and his all-stars in the Italian League on his on his YouTube channel. So that's some good content you should go check out. Uh, I did, and it was great. But uh, Dan, have a good one. Uh, I'm going to check out some snow volleyball this weekend. And don't forget, Italian, yeah. Italian Super League playoffs start on Sunday going to be the last time that you're going to be able to watch uh, Eric Klefke and uh, Stephen Mar play until they play for Team Canada. So, awesome. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Peace.